Today on episode 468 of I Am Salt Lake Podcast, we get a chat with a friend of ours, Tim Cooley. Always fun to chat with a friend on the podcast. This is a really great conversation that we had with Tim. Tim is the guy that you want to know when it comes to investing, when it comes to startups. I know that you two geeked out. Oh my gosh, it was so much fun for me. This is such a cool conversation if you have an idea or a business that you want to start. We talk about the books that he wrote, what he does for Park City Angel investors, how how to pitch your idea to investors so that they'll listen. I know that's important. We talk about so much more in this. You're going to want to pay attention. We're going to get into that here in just a minute, though. But before we do, I think we should probably introduce ourselves. Probably. Probably. My name's Chrissy Hollifield. My name's Chris Hollifield. And this is the I Am Salt Lake Podcast. If you're a longtime listener, thank you so much for joining us again. And if you're new to this show, you might be wondering what it's all about. Well, we're here every week with a brand new episode where we showcase awesome people in Salt Lake City. We get to talk to business owners, authors, tattoo artists, restaurant owners, breweries, distilleries, really anyone that might have a cool story to share. Hey, and we got a brand new Patreon supporter. I want to give a shout out to Jeremy Hunt because not only is he a new Patreon supporter, Chrissy, but he's a longtime listener of the show. And so, he's a friend. I still remember getting drinks with him. Yeah, he's Great a friend guy. Too. Hi, so, Jeremy. Hey, hey Jeremy. Thanks, thanks for joining thanks us. Thanks for listening and thanks for being our newest Patreon supporter. And uh, yeah, that's it. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> all right. Well, here's that awesome conversation that we had with Tim Cooley. It was so fun. I hope you enjoy it as much as we did. I want to start with you, Tim, because you and I met through this coffee and bagels, like networking event thing that you hosted this, or do you still host this event? at? It's at the mill, right? B- business and bagels? Business bagels and, and business. Yeah, business and bagels. Um, no, I don't. Uh, I left the mill about a year ago now. Oh, wow. So you're, you're not even there. Nope. So what did you leave the mill to go do then? So I uh, joined a consulting firm helping uh, companies raise capital. Um, yeah. But yes, you're right. We did meet at Bagels and Business. Awesome organization. Super fun. I think you were one of our first ones, really, when we, we relaunched it. Yeah. It was, no, a, it was a really cool thing. No, like, I got to come and watch. Yeah. So, yeah, you reached out to me and I, I did this thing on podcasting. And then you showed me this podcasting room there. And I remember we connected. Um, I through, remember there was popcorn. Yeah, through, so. the, through the years. <laughs> and, you know, we've, we've met up at these events. You actually kind of did a little uh, uh, talk at one of the podcast meetups that I did. And you're so connected to like entrepreneurs and investing, like you were saying, and and even, you know, we've talked about this Park City angel investing that you're part of, which I want to get into, but with the mill and, and I don't, you know, you're, you're, you're obviously on to new things now, but you're so involved in the entrepreneur space and the startup space. How did you even get into that, man? How did that even start for you? Let's start there actually, maybe. Yeah, so I, I I got lucky. I'll be honest. As you know, entrepreneurship's not all roses. And so I graduated. I got my MBA from the University of Utah. That was my second master's degree because I hated my first one. Um, what was your first one? I got a master's in sports medicine, and I just really didn't enjoy athletic training. So I went Aww. down the business path, and I loved it. And wow. so I graduated with the intent of running my own company. Um, we did that ultimately ended up selling that company, but it just didn't take off the way that I wanted it to. 
And so when I decided to shut it down, I was like, I'll just go get a job. You know, should be easy. I have two two master's degrees. Um, It wasn't. I ended up at Sam's Club, you know, working nights, trying to hit up the networking scene. And I uh, got lucky. I got a job interview um, at the mill. It wasn't the mill at the time. And I took that job. And then I used it really as a great networking tool to get involved more in the entrepreneurship scene in Utah. I was already well connected before. But that gave me the opportunity really to double down on what I was doing and be more focused. So like what uh, what do you love about I'm curious, there's always there's a couple of different kinds of entrepreneurs for you. What what's the thing about entrepreneurialism that captivates you and keeps you wanting to do it? Because it's a pain in the butt. Oh, it's totally a pain in the butt. I would say it's two things. I think solving problems is probably the biggest one for me. If someone's willing to pay you to do something for them, I think that's the highest form of flattery you can get. And then the other one is figuring out what problems are worth solving. I think those two, that combination of the two is what makes it super exciting. And I mean, Chris and I, you know, we've talked about this, just the ethical side of business is huge. And I love being part of that. Tell us about this uh, Park City Angel investing that you're part of, uh, the Park City Angel investors. Yeah. So let's talk about it as a whole. So if you look at Utah, Utah's growing quickly. We've got all kinds of companies that are valued at over a billion dollars. You know, everybody wants to get in in that that money rush or kind of the gold rush. Um, but really, what's kind of emerged over the last, I would say, ten years is kind of three angel groups. So basically, a group of investors, high wealth individuals who really want to give back to Utah by helping grow the ecosystem. And so those three are um, UA2, which is down like in the Provo, southern-ish Utah area. There's Salt Lake Angels, which is based in Salt Lake. And then there's Park City Angels, which I'm a part of, which is in based out of Park City. Now, the members kind of can float between them, but that's kind of where they're geographically uh, located. They're like the established clubs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Club yeah. is the wrong word, but you know, yeah, group. Yeah. So that's kind of nice. They're a hybrid of a social group, but really with the intent of investing into, you know, like for our group, 80% of our companies have to be Utah, but they don't have to be, but they tend to be Utah based companies. You kind of have, they have kind of, I don't know if ethical is the right word, but specific guidelines for companies that they want to invest in. Yeah. So I do all the deal flow screening, for example, and we will take anybody, any company in Utah who's looking to raise capital, I will chat with. I don't care what you're doing. Um, And I think that's a unique thing that uh, we do versus other groups, not only here, but maybe, you know, across the country. Okay. Okay. So since we've been binging Shark Tank a lot, (laughs) all I'm thinking is you're like, you're like the, the, um, the fielder for who sh- who can go on to the next level, right? Like you, it seems like you're the person that you have, to, you have to be the person that's like, nope, that's a bad idea. Totally. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure you never say that. Maybe you do. Who knows? Not Some directly. people need to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, have you ever not. made anybody cry, Tim? <laughs> yeah, not that I know of. That. Um, yeah? <laughs> people have made me cry. Uh, not really, but I'm like, oh, oh shoot. <laughs> uh, Dude, entrepreneurs are very passionate people. Yeah, and I think there's a there's kind of the this allure to entrepreneurship where it's going to solve all your problems, but like as you guys know, growing this thing and the other things that you guys do, it's a lot of hard work for a really long time, and you got to be so persistent 
I mean, to tell you a story, I had a person come in one time who didn't have a car. They barely could afford where they were living and they wanted to raise $5 million for something. And I'm like, you know, go get a job, like go start, be, be safe and steady and then work on the thing that you're working on. And this person wasn't. And like I said, sometimes it makes you cry, right? Yeah. (laughs) That's the one thing that I'm, we like to talk to a lot of people like that too. The people who know I live in reality and reality sucks. So I'll have a job and I'll pay the bills, but I'm still passionate and I'm still going to put my energy into this other thing. And people who actually have that kind of vision, I think tend to work a lot harder on their extracurricular stuff. And so they actually, it's noticed by customers that they're, they care more. Yeah, I agree. From what, I think from they're what much I've more seen. focused, right? Like if you only have an hour yeah. to do something, you're very efficient. Uh, you were like on it. Right. Now you might yeah. have to do a lot of learning in that hour, but I mean, you are probably the best employee at your job and they don't even know it, <laughs> you know, Oh yeah, because you know oh, so easily. much. So what do you do? What do you tell people when they come to you and they're like, I have this great business idea. Oh, ooh, quick. Let's think of a really bad business. What's a really bad business idea? Um, I don't know. Oh, I want to make another sushi restaurant in Salt Lake City, but I don't know how to make sushi. But like, <laughs> it would be super good, right? I could, I could figure it out. Totally. Go. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, <laughs> and so, give me money. So I think it's like industry, right? So restaurants are difficult, right? Yes. Yeah. So let's say, for example, you know, Chris, let's say you want to do this, right? Do you want to make a thousand million of the exact same roll, right? The same sushi roll a thousand million times. It's a good question. Probably not, but some people do. And I think that that's figuring out where that person's passion is. And now let's assume that you do, right? Well, what have you done today, right? Have you sold a sushi roll before? Where would you go? Like, so what I try to do and things that I learned at the mill was trying to get that early stage person to go out and validate or, you know, test their assumption. Because the reality is a food truck costs, you know, zero dollars. I don't know, they're like five grand. You could go and do that. We could all start a sushi business tomorrow if we really wanted to, you know. And with the cottage laws in Utah, you could start right now. Like there's nothing that really prevents us from starting a restaurant, for example. Interesting. But then, so I I love that. I love that you're kind of like, well, go to square one. That's really good advice. And actually, that reminds me what I was going to ask. It's all about priorities. Um, You had mentioned prioritizing things, and that's kind of the excitement for you with, you know, entrepreneurship. And I don't know about everyone else, but for me, that is probably one of the most difficult things to do. I'm constantly trying to prioritize and it's like way hard. Granted, I have massive ADHD, so <laughs> it just I think we all do. It lasts for like two seconds and then it goes out the window. But like what's what are some good steps that people can take to learn what to prioritize before they even want to consider starting out on their own? I think, OK, there's a couple of things. What? Uh, figure out what you want to sell and you can sell anything. People will buy anything, but really figuring out the marketing and the sales part of it. You know, you know, for example, you guys have a great platform. What is it that you sell? Right. Um, you know, a lot of people want to go into podcasting, but it takes a lot of time. You know, editing's mm-hmm. not easy. Like the whole world of podcasting isn't easy. It's fun, um, but it's not easy. And then what do you do with it? Yeah. I think that those things are like really, really difficult for a lot of people. That's very true because it does take a lot of your time and it's really hard to manufacture authenticity with something like that. When your goal is to get someone to buy something, it's very hard 
to change priorities and shift into something where, say, podcasting, people misunderstand it's a great avenue, but it's a great information avenue to get people interested in who you are and what you do. Totally. Well, and I think this, I mean, this you is know? a great segue to go into your book, Find Your Killer Idea. <gasps> yes. yeah. You know this what I mean? Great. Like this is. I totally did that on purpose. Did by you the do way? this on purpose, Chris? Hell no. <laughs> so, I mean, because, so you've written two books, right, Tim? Correct. Is that, mm-hmm. I, I've, the research I did of you, you've written two books. This is your most recent book that you've written, though, Find Your Killer Idea, correct? So, no? Find My Find Your Killer Idea was the first book I did based off of what oh. we've just been talking about. This whole idea okay. of bringing products to market. So, we should all buy it. Yeah, go out and buy it. <laughs> go, go out. I mean, what's, I mean, have you heard any like buddy finding like from reading this? Have you heard any like cool stories yet? Or is it kind of still new out there? So that one, I didn't do a lot of promotion. Um, you know, sometimes you just do things to do them. And that really sure. was that. I could prove, I proved to myself that I could write a book um, and I did it. So that's, that was really what that one was. But this new one, really, it's called um, the Pitch Deck Book, which is something I'm really passionate about is helping entrepreneurs present their businesses to raise capital. And it's they're both good. This one's awesome. Um, I think it's one of the missing pieces that entrepreneurs have. I mean, I've listened to, I don't know, thousands of pitches. And it's sad when I know a company, if they presented it differently, would have a different outcome. And it's just yeah. the way they presented it. I literally keep having movie screens in my head playing uh, Arrested Development <laughs> when Go Bias Industries. Have you seen that? <laughs> to bias. <laughs> people love coffee. People love bagels. Go Bias. Uh, yeah. yeah. Go watch Arrested Development, everyone. It's a classic. <laughs> I think I've seen the first three episodes. <laughs> oh, it's they they have they have a couple episodes where they're trying to pitch sale, pitch business ideas to their brother okay. to get money from investors. And it's hilarious. <laughs> it's so okay. good. Chris, it, it either goes back, goes back to an Arrested Development or it's, it's always, always sunny. sunny. There's, yeah. always hey, there's a reference for that a connection. It's always here. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, we're going to take just a moment of your time and tell you about one of our awesome sponsors. UtahMarijuana.org is your number one spot for all things medical marijuana, medical cannabis, CBD, and THC. Shout out to Tim Pickett. You guys remember him from episode 420 of this podcast when I had him on and we found out how to get your medical card here in Utah. UtahMarijuana.org's team of medical cannabis experts makes getting your medical card super easy from your first office visit to navigating the state card application and beyond. With over 20 compassionate and highly skilled qualified medical providers ready to help you find relief, you won't have to search for a doctor willing to recommend cannabis treatment. The patient experience team at utahmarijuana.org is dedicated to helping you get all the way through the process so you can get your medicine legally. And right now, they're offering an exclusive discount to I Am Salt Lake listeners. Use the code GREEN25 for $25 off your first visit. Take advantage of that. Seriously, GREEN25, <laughs> $25 off. Chrissy took advantage of I it. I did. It was fantastic. Mention you're a listener of this podcast. That way they know you're coming from this podcast. That way they, you know, they know that we're sending you over. And if you're in the West Valley City area, check this out. UtahMarijuana.org. They have a location there as well. 3615 West. 1987 South, Building 8 in West Valley City. So depending on where you're at in the valley, they have a location for you. Isn't it time that you took control of your own health? UtahMarijuana.org. Feel better. 
So is this book, I mean, did you, is it self-published or did you go through a publisher? Or how did that work for yeah, you? Yeah, just self-published through, you know, uh, the Kindle Direct Publishing. Okay. I highly recommend people write a book. It's it's awesome. The process takes forever. Uh, but man, it's such an accomplishment when someone else, anytime anybody buys something, like I said in the beginning, like it makes you feel so good about what you've created. And I think, well, I can't wait. I mean, the book only has been out a week. I can't wait for someone to be like, look, I read your book. And it changed everything for me. That's going to be huge. That's awesome. And, and it looks like, so you can get it on Amazon right now, correct? Or do you, can you get it from your website too? Or what's the best way for people to get it? To yeah, you can go to my website. There's a link to Amazon. It's all Amazon at the moment. Okay. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, no, it, it looks great. It seems like, it seems like uh, for you, a lot of, um, you've spent so much time learning kind of like on the job that a book was a really good, a couple of books are really good steps for you because you've probably refined a process of, um, what's the word? I'm having a word problem today. Advice. Advice. Yes. You've kind of refined advice that people traditionally come and ask over and over and over. Totally. And it was fun actually writing the book and, you know, I'm going to recommend you guys do it. You guys have been doing the podcast thing for such a long time. And it's probably no similar to the classes and seminars that you guys give, you know, in teaching people podcasting or, you know, but you know, you just keep learning and you're like, oh my gosh, I wish I would have known. I mean, in the book is literally my pitch deck that I went to go and raise capital for. And it's terrible, but it's unfiltered. It's in there. And I wanted to show how bad it was. Um, because I didn't know. Okay. I love this. I love this. I, I'm so excited. So you actually put a real life case study in the book that you are embarrassed about. I'm not embarrassed. I'm, I'm, I learned a lot. <laughs> I'm definitely paraphrasing, but okay. Right. Right. See, but see, he's a true entrepreneur. But, uh, he's, he learned something. And he took something yes. and he learned from it. He's not embarrassed about and it. And that's what I want to point out is most people get embarrassed if they do something and it's not perfect. Right. Totally. I know and, I do. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, we all do. We're like, oh man. You know, I picked up the trumpet and I suck at it and I put it back down kind of thing. But the fact that you are so good at what you do and and you're actually showing them, look, I, I did this. It wasn't quite the right way to do it. Like, that's a huge thing. That's really um, valuable for people starting out to see that not everybody starts out successful or doing everything perfect. And it's OK to keep trying. There's you're better for failing fast. Yeah, I mean, then, literally, that's then the just whole first staying book stubborn. Ah, oh, well, I'm going to go read your books. Yeah, I mean, the first I book read is, them before. is fail as fast as possible. And, you know, I mean, obviously, succeed as fast as possible, too. But, you know, set limitations. I had this challenge for myself to launch a company under 500 bucks. But it only came from helping, you know, hundreds of other companies do the same thing, right? Or, you know, there are lots were in different stages. But I was like, I can do this, <laughs> you know, like, I can start totally. something under 500 bucks and not everyone worked, but some did. Which is really cool. That So do you do that on the, just for fun? Like I'm going to start a business from 500 bucks and see how it goes. Yeah. Like what, what's the, and then just to kind of see. <laughs> just for fun. Do you well, just no, doing it? It's a Friday so cool. night for you. It reminds me of Dave Jackson. We have a friend who does a podcast, uh, the podcast. A uh, school of podcasting. School of podcasting. Yeah. I was thinking the podcast coach, but he does that. And that's why he's so good at what he does. Podcasts. He starts podcasts. Yeah, just, just to, to try it out, try new platforms out, try yeah. to see, you know, uh, if people are going to listen based off of different word titles and this title and that, you know. But that those are the people that I trust. Yeah. 
with information. The fact that you do that and you spend your time starting a business with 500 bucks just to see what happens and sounds like multiple times. Oh, I've probably done it. I don't know, 20 times. Really? Oh, yeah. See that that's amazing because no, nobody does that. Do you learn something new every time or do you see kind of a, a similar pattern? Uh, I think for a while I learned a lot of new things. Now I'm seeing okay. a lot more patterns. And then what's cool about them is I know what to do now if I want to make it successful. So um, I'll give an example. And it's out there. It's on uh, Kickstarter. I, I launched a deodorant line targeted towards gamers um, called Plus Five. And so, so if you want to look at costs, I hired a guy from Ukraine to do the artwork. I spray painted normal deodorant, uh, orange, you know, tattooed the label on there put up a Shopify store, and then I hired some students for like 200 bucks to create some videos for me. And I launched it, right? I had all everything figured out, you know, marketing wise. And it was crazy. It was this really interesting experiment. I had like something like a thousand comments, you know, on this gaming blog. Uh, my background's in marketing. I spent three years doing that. And so literally I was on like eight of the top 10 gaming blogs, tons of comments, you know, um, but what I learned from Kickstarter is you have to have a certain price point to make it work, right? Mm. In order to hit my dollar amount, I would have had to have the most successful crowdfunding campaign ever. So it, I didn't know that at the time. And I learned that, right? But what was cool is I found out that every gaming store I called bought it. Every single one. Wow. Right? So I knew yeah. there was a market to sell into. I just didn't have the resources yet to launch that type of company. And I did that for like 350 bucks, right? Like that's pretty good experiment. Wow. That's a great, so did you ever, did you just like do that kind of get the answers that you wanted and then shut the Kickstarter down and yeah, that's exactly what I did. Uh, so cool. I'm geeking out. This is the neatest thing ever. Yeah. I, I totally want to do this now. I mean, de deodorant though, Tim, this is no, fast. that's brilliant. Yeah. So, deodorant for so, gamers. Oh my God. So this is what yes. happened. So, okay. So going backwards a little bit. So remember I said, I wrote a book because I just felt like I should write a book. Right. Well, I went into a board gaming store and I saw this really stupid board game and I was like, well, maybe I can create board games. That would be fun. So I challenged myself. I did that. There's a group locally called the uh, Board Game Designers Guild of Utah. Um, joined them. Ended up launch or creating my first board game. Had no intentions of ever selling it, but I did it. And so I was in there. They do these things called play tests. It's kind of like the iteration of a business. I think there's if you've ever tried to make a game, it's actually really really hard to to craft fun. Um, so anyways, so I learned this iteration thing through board game design and I was testing someone else's game one time. And, uh, I mean, there was like a magic, the gathering tournament going on and I was like, whew, it smells on the other side of this wall. And if you've <laughs> ever been to like Comic-Con or any of these, like where there's people just gathering and just sitting there for hours. So I was like, well, maybe there's, maybe they're not hygienic. That was, didn't turn out to be the, the case. But it just smelled bad. So I was like, what if there was a product targeted towards this demographic of people? So that's kind of the genesis of where that product came from. So then I was in this mindset of, can I launch it under 500 bucks? I did it. So that's kind of the, the process. Okay. But how many people came back at you and they're like, 
but I want my deodorant. <laughs> Actually, like, quite a few. Like, super uh, excited a lot of about these, it. A lot of these game board stores did. They're like, hey, man, what's going on with this? Like, where are we at? And I was like, look, it's just it, it wasn't the right time. So why? I mean, so it sounds like there's a market there, Tim. Should we go into business? Let's, go. Let's do it. I, mean, like, <laughs> I still want to bring it out. I just have some other things that I need to finish first. But I definitely want to yeah. revisit this. And, and I don't mind throwing out ideas. If someone beats me to it, that's cool. Yeah. Well, that's what it's all about. I mean, what do you what do you think about that? Like people when they say, oh, competition, like I hear that even a lot in the podcasting space. Right. But I don't look at other podcasters as competition. Do you? So I'm wondering if you think of other entrepreneurs as competition. No, see, I think that's a that's a great thing. I don't think anyone's competing. Right. You're competing against the market. If the market can't bear two podcasts telling the same story. One's going to win. I mean, it's like the Uber and Lyft race right now, right? At some point, one of those two is going away. We just don't know when, right? And then the other one's going to take the market share. And I think that, you know, I mean, DoorDash, that they're all competing for one marketplace. And but what we do, you know, it's personality, right? Like, I like you guys, right? So I'm going to listen to you guys. But I also like Becky, who's doing her own thing. And so... Because she's Becky. Yeah, she's Becky. She's awesome. I mean, whoever Becky is, she's pretty cool, I'm I'm sure. (laughs) Yeah, and I think like entrepreneurs get so focused on, you know, this, you're going to steal my idea or I can't tell you because someone else might take it. Like, man, if it's that good of an idea, let someone take it because the odds are is A, they don't care about it as much as you and B, they don't have the same resources you do. And if they can compete with you and outdo you, that's your fault, right? You should hustle more. Yeah. And, and the cool thing about competition is it, it forces, um, ingenuity. Totally. It's, it's like I had a, I had a teacher, I went to Rick's college before it was BYU, Idaho. And I was in like the first web design class they ever had. That's how old I am. (laughs) Uh, and my teacher, that was his first, the first day he went off about that. He's like, I don't even care. Open up a store right next to me, open a store across the street, like bring on the competition. It's going to force me to be better. Like I have the choice to just give up or work harder, not work harder, but look at it from a different angle. Totally. I mean, think about how many hamburger stands there are, right? There's literally one like every block, right? They're all competing for food. Um, And then there's a taco stand between those. And then there's a burrito place. Like food is the most competitive thing. And yet there's billions of restaurants. Yeah. Makes a good point, you know, but people have to keep eating. People got to keep eating. So So now food isn't about sustenance. It's about entertainment. So you're going to change. Well, and that's why the deodorant idea is so good because people got to keep rubbing that on. I mean, it's not just a one-time application, (laughs) right? And I will tell you, I mean, I work with a lot of gamers and developers and I myself am susceptible to just, you know, sitting for long periods of time and getting a little bit sweaty while you're working. (laughs) And like, I would buy it. It's so, (laughs) it's just such a, uh, just the, the take on it is so different. That's what, that's kind of what people are looking for that we're trying to associate our identity with things that we want. Totally. And you guys should see it. So the idea behind it too, was they're like personal enchantment. So it was like plus five charisma was the. No way. They were like, Oh my gosh. Okay. I used to play magic a little bit. <laughs> it's me too. I'm not gonna lie. This is right. So cool. <laughs> that you I was, never told me this. Christina. Well, I couldn't tell you because it was right when we started dating <laughs> and I didn't want to scare you away. The truth always comes out. But, you know? <laughs> 
usually over a microphone. <laughs> but like, it's just, it, it's something that I, I just, I'm sorry. I'm geeking out still about this idea. Let's move on. Okay. <laughs> did you, did you see So, so with Park City Angel Investors, you're seeing a lot of startups and, and a lot of people kind of with business ideas, correct? Yep. So this last year, 2020, one thing that I know we've seen with the podcast is, is a lot of new business ideas. Did you see that? Did you see like an uptick with, with new business ideas and new startups this 2020? Yeah. So it's interesting. So we saw, so I screen about a hundred companies a month through Park City Angels. Okay. And then we filter that down to the group to present five. Um, and then those get filtered down to about two or three. Um, and what was neat to see through COVID is kind of this mind especially towards the latter part where uh, kind of like what we saw in 2008, where people were like, now is the time to do my own thing, especially later. And especially in like the last like six months, lots of cool ideas, lots of really, really good ideas and people coming from industries who've been there for such a long time, finally doing something to change the industry that they're in. And that was really rad to see. So you see uh, like a hundred or you, you'll get a hundred, for example, and you'll, you'll have to narrow that down. Is that really hard? I mean, I'm sure all hundred of those have to be somewhat good. I mean, they can't be that horrible. No, no. Most of them are good, actually. But like I said, so for us, our focus is Utah. So it makes it easy okay. to screen them. I still read through them because I'm interested in seeing what's going on in the world. But, you know, we focus on Utah. So that's, you know, criteria number one. And that might lead us down to about like, 30 or 20 or 30 a month that I actually read through, meet with the people and then figure out what's going on. And then I'm like, all right, this is a great idea. And then move them forward. Do you have any like advice? I mean, I don't know if this is just, since I'm just asking this just kind of off the cuff here, but do you have any advice like somebody that might be interested in approaching somebody like Park City Angel Investors and in, in like what, what might help them stand apart from all the rest besides buying your books and reading them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Totally. Obviously. Um, one of the big things really is clear communication and one of the okay. reasons i wrote the book in the first place the pitch deck book was because i saw so many startups who could talk about their solution for days right like it's got five widgets and it turns blue when the sun is at you know 12 o'clock does weird things and you know but like it didn't matter because I didn't recognize the problem that they were talking about, right? I don't understand how your solution works, nor do I care because I don't feel the problem that you're trying to address. And so like the whole, I mean, a, a big portion of the book really is focusing on this problem solution fit is what they call it. And the way that I like to tell people is the solution is the opposite to the problem, right? So let's say, for example, everybody knows Tom's shoes. And you would say, well, what problem does Tom's shoes address? And they'd be like, oh, well, you know, like people in Africa don't have shoes. That's not the problem they address, right? The problem is you not stepping on a rock and it hurting, right? That's all shoes do. Like the marketing side is the social element. And, and what, people confuse those two things, right? And, and then that's a big thing that I'd love people to do is really figure out what that problem is that they're solving and then use their solution to solve it or communicate the two. And that doesn't happen always. Actually, it rarely, very rarely happens, which is that. It's a difficult thing to do. It's very difficult. It's funny. It's actually really simple, but it's very difficult. Uh -huh. Does that make sense? You know, I tell, I say this all the time 
to Chris. I'm like, you know what? Simple solutions are always the most complicated. Totally. Always. Yeah. Do you think it's because we we try to blow them up into something bigger than they need to be or something? Totally. And- For me, I don't know about anybody, but like I I look at it like an ecosystem, right? And you have to zoom in and out. Mm-hmm. So like this is our ecosystem of ideas or thoughts and you have to kind of zoom into a little piece and then zoom out and see where the next piece is and and, and so it's 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 like a, a big process to kind of pull the simple parts out of an idea. Totally. And like and I think what people they get so focused on the feature sets of their their company that makes their solution cool. Right. But when they really hone in on the problem and who they're solving it for, that's what makes it cool. And all those feature sets like when when you get this like opposite effect, then you're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe no one's doing this. Right. Like, and then, yes, that problem is so big. Everybody has that problem or who, you know, in that, that target market. And you're like, okay, I got it. Like, you don't need to talk anymore. Let's go give you some money. (laughs) I mean, like truthfully, right. Like it's that the problem and solution are that connected. It's very difficult not to at least go into the discussions about it's called due diligence about funding a company. Right. What are, what are some, can you give us examples of some ideas that you've been excited about this year to see people come up with? Oh, so, okay. So a company, I don't know if it was, yeah, it was this year. So there's a company early last year called Nursa. Um, super interested in what they're doing. Um, so a big thing in nursing is locum tenens, right? Like, so travel nursing, right? But what these people sure, did, I'm going to believe is, you. Right. So what they, this, this group did is they created it so a nurse, if they wanted to pick up a shift at a different hospital, they could do that. So um, they could just sign into their platform, kind of like Airbnb of nursing in a way. That is so cool. Right. So you're like, oh, yeah, nurses yeah. want to make extra cash. Okay. I can see that. So we created a platform to do that. Super wow. clean story, right? Um, right. I'm trying to think of a couple other ones, but that's one that always pops into my head on how clean it is. Um, here's another one. It's yeah. actually in my book too. Is um, it's called Boca Science, but the problem is saliva in our mouths, and most people don't realize this. The more drugs we take as we get older, it actually decreases the amount of saliva in our mouth, and the number one cause of tooth decay is saliva loss, especially in older patients. Hmm. Well, their yeah, so their tool is the only tool to measure saliva flow, right? So. And super simple story. Like we can't measure saliva flow. It causes teeth to fall out, you know? So we built a tool to do that. That's so, so cool. simple. So you know, oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it's so yeah, cool. Yeah. So I think when you, can, I mean, the concept is simple. Yeah. And then anybody sure. can share that story too, because it's such an easy story to remember. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Did we even talk about like what your background is and like where you're from, like, where you grew up with <laughs> no. all this? Like, where, where are you from, Tim? Look, like, I'm just what, trying to get free advice today. Okay? <laughs> like, like what, uh, I mean, cause did you Let's go to, learn about Tim. yeah. I mean, where did you grow up? Where did you, did you go to school? Did you, what did you go to school for? Yeah. Yeah. So long story, but I, I was born in Pennsylvania, moved to Texas, lived there till I was 11, moved to Pittsburgh till I was like 14, moved to Oregon. I went to play baseball, didn't work out, joined the Marine Corps, built jet engines, and then I got out and started doing school. No big deal. Yeah, no big deal. So I got into this athletic training program at Northern Arizona University. And, you know, I got the chance to be an athletic trainer for the 49ers. And then through, you know, life events, ended up in Utah uh, for a master's degree. And then everything changed uh, the, my first year in my master's program at the U, 
And that's when I decided to start my first company. I was like, I'm not enjoying this. I keep fixing things everywhere I go. Might as well fix something that I enjoy. And so that's a Boom. Now, now my ears kind of perked up there on the baseball part. Like, did you play like in the major leagues or anything? No, no, no. I tried to. Uh, no. Okay. Okay. I was like, wow. Yeah, okay, yeah. That's interesting. No, but I, I went to, I, I had terrible grades. I didn't really care about school. So I was like, I'll just join the community college, play baseball. And uh, okay. didn't work out. I got you. I got you. I was like, oh, no, that's, <laughs> I was like, you know, it's, it's so interesting, Tim, you know, we bring people through these podcast episodes and the stuff, right? Like, like again, we've chatted a handful of times, but like, again, there's so much stuff I learned about you and learned about what you're even doing. I mean, I remember even one time running into you at one of the uh, local markets, like during the holiday time and you were selling something then. I yeah. Mean, that's one thing that I love about you and that I know about you is you get out there and you hustle and you create and you keep going. Thanks. I appreciate that. And that's... I mean, well, no, it's hard. I, it's hard for me even sometimes. I, I, well, a lot of times I'll get like, man, it's hard for me to pull my bootstraps up and keep going. Well, and bur- burnout, quit. especially recently, burnout, I think is is much more intense for all of us too. I agree. How do you kind of avoid that burnout? I mean, because you're doing launching new things, even to test them, is extremely exhausting. Yeah, uh, I got a lot, a lot more efficient at it. You know, so like I know how to set up an email drip campaign, right? So before it would take me a month. Now it takes me a day, you know, like to set up a website and design it. I'm not going to go crazy. You know, I need three buttons and a picture, you know, like so that can take me two hours now. Like I don't waste time on trying to like trick people. I'm just going to throw it out there. And if you're going to buy it, you're going to buy it. And I think that that was a lot of learning in the past was building something too big. I mean, my first company didn't really work because in 2000, so I kind of built a Peloton back in 2010. Like, you know what that is, like the videos yeah. every day. Those nope. bikes, the bikes, things that people ride on, oh. right? Like for spin bikes. Oh, yeah. okay, cool. So my first company I know now. was called Cooley Fitness and it was daily fitness programs and brand new all the time. You know, it had the old, but it was creating these every day. So think about that. 2010 video cameras weren't really on phones. You couldn't do it that way. You know, you would upload it to a computer. The computer was so slow. It took for a 30 minute video. The rendering time was like eight hours. And so like today, you know, (laughs) it's rendering while you're recording. Like you don't even need to do anything really. So things changed and I just got way more efficient. I also don't do anything that's going to take too much time, right? Like I know if I was going to code some random app, either I have to learn it or I'm going to pay someone. And so Mm -hmm. I'm going to create a really small app if I'm going to do it. Or, you know, again, I just got a lot more efficient at the ideas that I came up with as well as the execution. And it seems like you're good at iterating, like kind of knowing that maybe you'll want to grow it, but also knowing a good place to start and stop initially. And that's where I have a question for you, Tim, is you were mentioning how, you know, like these websites you'll create with just a couple buttons, right? Before you maybe put a lot more and try to trick people or this and that. And I know not really what I do, but (laughs) don't you think my only thought process with that, like the thought is great, but don't you think that kind of um, inhibits you from putting both feed in and, and your whole self in and kind of like 
half-assing something a little bit, don't you think? Um, it can, except for I think what my skill set is understanding what it takes, right? So okay. like let's – for example, I think I met you. I was selling a quilting product, right? Um, my mom's a yeah. big quilter. And so I wanted to do something with her. And so we created this quilting product. It's a really, really good product. But what I end up doing is from the iteration point is understanding how the market works, right? And the way quilters work is they buy patterns and not tool or not products, but they buy the product as long as it relates to the pattern and fabric. So if you're not selling patterns or fabrics, then the tool doesn't really matter. And so I was like, well, do I really want to get into the business of selling fabric and patterns? Today, I don't. I love the quilting industry. It's huge. But I don't have the the desire or the bandwidth to jump into that full time, right? Like to make patterns, to figure out how to sell fabric, that whole world, totally separate from this little product that I created. And I think that that's what I get to quickly, right? So the thing I've spent the most time in is, is helping people raise capital, right? So I spend, you know, that's my day job, right? So I still create products within that same space using the same concepts. But what I love to do is test this market, right? Like, shoot, what if you guys built something that cost you 200 bucks and it worked, right? Like, what if it worked? What if you sold a thousand bucks, right? And it kept working, yeah, right? So but if you learn Mm -hmm. off these, you know, let's say 10 failed attempts, I mean, that's $5,000 of education, right? Um, And the nice thing is about, especially with what you guys do, you can keep selling to your, your same audience, you know, whereas mine, I jumped around. I wish I would have stayed in the same industry, but you know, I didn't. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Well, you got to find what you ha- love. Have you ever thought about starting a podcast, Tim, like with all this stuff that you're doing? I mean, it seems like Dude, a podcast would be right up your alley. I would listen. Yeah. We're, so we're in discussion. So this is kind of, you heard it here first. Um, but what we, oh, we might okay. do, and we're really talking about this is a kind of a podcast slash YouTube channel to help critique pitches. So let a person pitch to us, you know, we'll critique it on the fly and then kind of have a conversation about the industry with other angel investors. So that's what we're planning. That's what we're thinking about. That is a great idea. I love it. Yeah. So that, that's what we're thinking wow. about. We have a few uh, standard Salt Lake City questions that we ask everybody that comes through here, Tim. So, of course, we got to ask you, buddy. Uh, family and friends come to visit the area. And when I talk about Salt Lake City, I talk about the valley, the mountains. You, you know yep. what I'm talking about there. You know, they, they say, hey, show us around, Tim. Take us on a drive. Show us around. I mean, where do you, what do you do with people? Do you take them to the mountains? Do you take them to the lake? I mean, what's the Tim Cooley tour? So, yeah. So, um, depending on the time of year, I love going to Antelope Island. I think that's just a fun drive. You get to chat. Um, if we're in that fall time frame, I'm doing Guardsman Loop. So beautiful. And then um, if it's a hike type thing, you know, or Donut Falls, uh, you can't beat that hike. And most people can't breathe. So it's a good one. Uh, it's an easy hike. It's an, it's easy, an easy hike. hike so you, most people can make it. Is there anything that you would change about Salt Lake City? Like, let's say you had that opportunity to change one or two things and read into that as much as you want, whether it's a big thing or a little thing. Yeah, totally. Um, I'm going to get a little, I'm going to say political, but I wish we could break this divide of LDS and non LDS. I, I, we, we coexist so amazingly well that I think that we need to stop talking about it as two different groups of people and just be one. Amen. My best friends are LDS and I don't care that they're religious, you know? And so 
Um, I think it brings really good perspective when we can all just be Salt Lake. I think that would be huge. I'd also love to break the divide of the point of the mountain. Um, I think that, you know, we don't drive down there. They don't drive up here. And I think it's sad because there's so much happening here, especially on the business side. Um, I wish we could communicate better. And that whole like, what's that? Rising tide rises all ships. I think that would be rad. I love that. Less less us versus them mentality in general. Yeah, totally. I mean, that so plays nice. out in what's going on t- in today. I just, it doesn't make sense to me. I don't know why we keep holding on to these these false groups you know they're they're not groups we don't need them to yeah. be it's it's not helping us like it helped the cave people anymore let's move on yeah let's move forward we can, <laughs> let's all hang out together now Yeah, the sad part is it's so easy to move forward yet people want to hold on for some reason it doesn't help you like it's so easy to move forward yeah it's actually easier to move Change forward is so than to uncomfortable hold on. it was yeah, interesting over this is. last year right like when everything first started happening at the beginning of 2020 everyone was loving their neighbors and then towards the end of it it was like people just got angrier and angrier we're all trying to kill each other now it's great we just got to start giving hugs again tim that's the problem we got to get get back to the ability of giving hugs this is actually a very important thing (laughs) we need hugs we need we need like the biggest hug i don't know what that even looks like but i'll take it (laughs) i'll give it i don't even care what I'll go both ways. Mother Earth is going to grow some arms and just like grab us all. Give us a big hug. What about, uh, I didn't ask you if you have like one or two favorite local eating spots. Do you have one or two favorites? Yeah. So I was just talking about this the other day. Um, I If you need a burger, go to, you know, Lucky 13. I think that place is rad. Yeah. Um, man, there's just so many good places. Um, I love Red Iguana, you know, Tacos Don Ramon, Money. <laughs> um, what else? Oh, I mean, even if it's just those two, those, those are, are those are solid. Those are good. Yeah, yeah. Where do you see yourself in five years, man? Like, where? Well, I'm sure you 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 got a five year plan. You seem like the guy that would have one. Totally. So, what? Uh, where do you where do you see yourself in five years? I feel like what I'm building towards is being on the investment side of things. I would love to have a fund where we are investing in earlier stage ideas. The problem right now is there's no one investing in crazy in in Utah specifically. Um, They want tried and true, which is fine. It's your money. You can do whatever you want with it. Um, But I would love at least a portion of a fund to go to something that's completely unproven. That's exciting. Uh, I used to run a a program at the University of Utah called Get Seated. If you're a student listening to this, if you're not part of that program, and you can be from any school. I'm plugging it. Get involved and get seated at the U. It's the easiest way to get money to start a business. Um, I think there needs to be a public version of that. And if I could run that, that would be awesome. Um, and basically what it is, it's, you know, three, 500 bucks, whatever you need to test out, or it's called hit milestone funding. So to hit a milestone to test and see if this idea will work. If I could run that, that would be, that'd be cool. That would be a dream. Oh my gosh, that would be so rad. That is that does sound cool. I want to do that too. Can I just have a lot of money so I can start doing right. that? Yeah, it's not that big a deal. Let's just go win that <laughs> Here, try your 780 idea. million, you know. Let's get lottery in Utah if we could change something. Dude, I like that. <laughs> Invest in small business, I'll tell you how. <laughs> And, and obviously, we need to give all the links for people to connect with you, Tim. But was there anything you were hoping we would talk about that we didn't get a chance to talk about while we're still recording here? Why we're still. Uh... So my thing, I guess one of the big things I want, you know, obviously, you know, you know, check out my book and stuff, but really unplug for people who are starting companies like reach out, like let's get let's let the investment community get to know you. People invest in relationships first. 
And I think what's happened over the last few years is people have kind of forgotten about that. And I'd love for people to know that Park City Angels and Salt Lake City Angels are here to help. Um, and we want to know what you're doing. We want to be first money in. You know, it's not easy, but like we would love to follow these early stage companies. What's a good way for someone to reach out if they're nervous, if they just want to start making a connection, like even just a personal uh, relation, relationship strong, yeah. but, you know, personal connection to get to know you or people in your industry in the, the yeah, space? Yeah, so if you're from Utah, I, I'll guarantee this. If you apply at Park City Angels, I will have a conversation with you. So it's that easy. Um, and, and obviously, you may not get to present today, but if you come back in six months or a year and you're like, hey, look, we did blah, you know, then there's a much higher chance that you'll get to present to somebody. I promise. I, I will chat with you. <laughs> <laughs> and how can listeners connect with you, Tim? How can they get your books? How can they find out more about totally. you? So uh, Um, just my name. Uh, and it's got a link to the newest book on there. So if you're raising capital, go check it out. Um, it really is a great resource. Um, and then the other book, it, you can Google it. It's uh, Find Your Killer Idea. There's no link on my website because, again, I'm not really promoting that one, but it's out there. It was a test test idea. <laughs> so cool. I, I love it, man. You are such an inspiration and such a motivation. Uh, and I know you've given me even so many great ideas of what I should be doing with this podcast. So I always feel guilty. Like when, when I, I'm like, oh, shoot, Tim's going to be, he's going to wonder if I'm, if <laughs> I'm doing it. I'm waiting the, for it. The disappointing children. Yeah. You, you yeah. know what it is. Yeah. I'm not going to spoil it, but I know. I know it's out there. It should be out there. <laughs> oh, man. We'll get to it. Chrissy has a final question. She asks everybody that comes through here, Tim, I'm going to let her ask you. Thank you again for doing the podcast with us. And uh, I'd say let's stay in touch, but I already know we probably will. All right. (laughs) Yes, I would like to thank you too. And I apologize. I really geeked out because this is like the space that I get super excited about. So thanks for letting me just ramble with you guys today. Um, Before we let you go, will you leave a piece of advice or a motto that you live by? with our listeners. Yeah. So uh, thank you guys so much. And so here's my thing. Um, to fail is to believe you can succeed, right? You can't, you can't succeed without failing. So that's my thing. Thanks again to Tim Cooley for joining us on this episode of the podcast. All the links that we mentioned in this conversation can be found with this episode show notes on our podcast website at IamSaltLake.com slash 468. That's for episode 468. Hey, I wanted to mention that Chrissy and I, we were recently on another podcast called Your Creativity. I don't know if we've ever talked about that podcast on this podcast, but we were recently guests on there. It was really fun. I actually did have a lot of fun on that podcast. It's been a while. You know, uh, as podcasters, we go through these spurts. At least I find it where we'll be guests on podcasts. Like we'll go on like four or five at a time and then it'll be like two years until we go on another (laughs) podcast. Yeah. But it's always fun when we get to visit other podcasts. It really is. Um, but yeah, it's your creativity. And that's uh, like with the with the number eight. They kind of yes. did that. That's what Dylan, uh, Dylan Mazioti and um, what's his Stephen up there from Hatch family. Stephen, Stephen Hatch. Hatch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess that would be Stephen Hatch. Uh, Utah, two plus two. Utah podcast network dot com. I know you can listen to the episode up there. I'll put the links at uh, I am Salt Lake dot com with this episode. And I want to mention my podcast class starts up like not this coming week, but the first week in February. So I think you can sign up for it up to the day of the class. But the last one filled up 
fast. Like yeah. it sold out. So, and you could do the, I am saltlake.com slash uh, podcast class. I think we'll get you there. Yeah. So make sure to sign up for that class. If you want to come learn how to podcast with me, it really, I can vouch. It is a great class. All right. And that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. We would love to connect with you. We love to connect with our listeners. We got an awesome Facebook group. Of course, it's on Facebook. You can find it at IamSaltLake.com slash Facebook. I think we're up to like 1800 members now, Chrissy. It's a good group. So much fun. So come on, join the group. Tell us what you love about Salt Lake City. We'll see you there. We're here every week. Make sure you subscribe in whatever podcast uh, app you're listening to this in. We're everywhere. And you have a great week. Get out and enjoy the city. Support local. And we're going to see you next week on the next episode of I Am Salt Lake Podcast. And good night, Grammy.